Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Alrighty guys, that was Pull Up Tay on the intro music. As always, it is time for another episode of The Auto Bid. I am Aaron Robinson and I'm joined by my twin brother, Andrew Robinson. And we are here to give you the latest in all of your mid-major college basketball. Uh, But first, I want to make sure I tell you guys, you know, as we do the last couple episodes, man, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, uh, sharing this podcast, man. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Make sure you guys are, um, you know, helping us to get this podcast out to as many people as possible. Make sure you guys give us a rating. Um, when you're listening on Spotify or Apple, um, you know, subscribe and, you know, just keep sharing the good gospel, man. You know, t- tell the friends about the auto bid so we can get these views up. You know what I'm saying? So we can keep uh, keep growing this thing um, day in and day out, man. So it was a great week of college basketball, man, as always. So, Andrew, man. Talk to me about, about the wins that I got you the most, man. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, uh, as you guys probably know, you know, just from um, from checking us out, uh, hopefully you guys are following us on Twitter at All Facts Media uh, and on Instagram at All Facts Media. Um, if you guys have been following all along, man, you know, I've been I've been busy, man, over at George Mason uh, covering a lot of those games this weekend, man. And I got to see a lot of A-10 action over the last week. Um, got to see three games, uh, George Mason against VCU, uh, George Mason against Richmond, and then yesterday, uh, George Mason against LaSalle. And, um, I mean, the biggest thing I want to talk about just thus far, man, um, VCU's got a stud in uh, Bowen Tyler, man. When I when I saw him, man, he had 23 points. Um, you know, he, 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 he at one point in the game, he was like 5 for 16, man. But, you know, close the game, like, I think 4 for 7, um, something like that, maybe five, 5 for 8, something like that, man. He ended up with 23 points. Um like nine for 20, 10 for 20, something like that from, from the field, man. He, was, he ended up playing a pretty good game, man, but he's a very talented guard, man, can get to the basket, um, can, can, can shoot it. Um, I mean, he's, he's like a, he's, he's skinny. He's very, you know, very slender, but he gets to the basket, can finish. Um, he's only a sophomore, man. And um, I think he's going to be a kid that, you know, not only is, is going to be amongst the elite when we're talking about, you know, guards in the A-10, but I think, you know, um, by the time it's all said and done, maybe, you know, if he comes back next year, um, and if he, you know, if he does continue to, to develop, I think he could be one of the best guards in college basketball uh, for sure, man. So um, if you haven't checked out VCU, man, um, make sure you guys do that, man. I also got a chance to see Richmond uh, against George Mason. And uh, Richmond was able to get a pretty convincing win um, over Mason when I saw him the other day. Uh, I believe it was Saturday um, when they when they matched up. And um, I really like Richmond, man. I know Richmond you know, was a team who started off hot. Um, they got off to a great start. Obviously, we know they had some big-time wins. And then they kind of fell off a little bit, um, cooled off, lost to St. Bonaventure, um, lost to Hofstra. But, um, I mean, I think that this team – actually, no, they only have one A-10 loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. St. Martin's their one to ten loss. Um, and I mean, 
but they look really good, man. I mean, they have a, a four-headed monster, really, in uh, uh, Jacob Gilliard, Blake Francis, Grant Golden, and uh, the sophomore man, Tyler Burton. Um, you know, Grant, when I, when I was there, man, Grant Golden uh, had a double-double, man. Tyler Burton um, played extremely well, man. I think he's a, another intriguing prospect, man, that has amazing pro potential because, I mean, he can get to the basket. He can shoot. He's long, athletic. You know, he has that, that, that NBA frame. He's, he's wiry. Um, he has that that Jason Tatum type of body. You know, he's not as tall as, as Tatum is, but um, when in terms of just like, his, his, his wingspan, um, I think that he has a chance to be really, really good down the line, man. And, and Richmond is a team that can beat you in, in so many ways, man. Uh, Dave Paulson actually mentioned that, you know, they run that that little interesting Princeton variation. Um, and, I mean, they can kill you with a backdoor layup, you know, but then they have those guards with with Blake Francis and Jake Gilliard that, you know, are coming over top, you know, getting threes off. You know, you got Grant Golden who's killing you on the interior. I mean, they could beat you in a lot of different ways, man. So um, I think that that's going to be a team that's, that's um, very interesting, man. And we're going to save this for a little later in the second when we get the games to, to look forward to, man. But um, it's a big-time showdown in the A-10 uh, this weekend that we're going to get you guys a little bit more information on um, down the line. But that those are kind of the big, biggest things I saw out of the A-10. Um, last night, George Mason was able to get a 33-point win over LaSalle. Um, you know, Mason was able to end a three-game losing streak there um, with a pretty convincing win over LaSalle, man. Um, I mean, we talked about this, man. The A-10 is tricky, man. I mean, it was almost like I, I was watching two different teams like, because this LaSalle team was a team that went on the road and beat Dayton, who was picked, I think, uh, third in the league or something like that. And then, you know, to turn around and then lose by 30 to George Mason, it's like, is this, is this the same team, man? And I think that that, that LaSalle loss is going to hurt Dayton um, when it comes down the line for first selection Sunday, man. The A-10 is going to be a bear. We saw UMass, who nobody thought much of, man. We turn around, we look at UMass now, and they're 3-1 and one in the A-10. Just got a, a victory over URI yesterday in, in, in overtime. I mean, uh, I mean, we, I mean, we knew that, you know, in, in any college basketball league, you know, you're going to have competitive teams, man. But when you have a team like a UMass, you know, that, that, that can get a win over URI, who's sitting at 3-1 and one right now in the A-10, then you have a team like LaSalle who, who beat Dayton, you know what I'm saying, but then turns around and lose by 30 to George Mason. Um, I mean, the A-10 is going to be tricky, man. I think if, if, if these teams um, who are supposed to be at the bottom of the league continue to kind of usurp these teams at the top of the league, it's going to be tough. Um, when we when it, when it comes down to second Sunday for these teams to really separate themselves, um, I think as of right now, I think Richmond is is, uh, is looking very good. Um, I mean, believe it or not, man, I think VCU, man, they were picked very, they were picked relatively low in the league this year. Um, but I think they're a great defensive team. The you know uh, Mike Rose has that team playing very well defensively. They they play hard, man. They still are getting that havoc style, you know, playing ninety four feet. Um, which is what, really what allows them to stay in games. You know, uh, they don't really have a dynamic score outside of Bones Highland, you know, but they, they play hard defensively, and, and Mike Rose should find a way to get the most out of his group. You know, so I think VCU is going to be there. St. Bonnie's, man, you know, with, with the pair of, you know, with Kyle Lawson up there, obviously um, I think they're, they're going to be forward by at the end of the year. Um, you know, and then you never know. You know, like I said, you, you always have teams in the A-10, like Davidson seems to fare well in the A-10 tournament. You know, you know they seem to be able to make runs, but um, – I don't know, man. I think it's going to be hard for the A-10 to really get more than two max three teams in this year. I think there's more of a two-bid league this year. Uh, you know, but we'll have to see. I think, um, you know, that was what I saw at A-10, man. And if you go to the MAC, you know, um, Siena, you know, they're, they're, they're 4-0. They were able to pick up two wins over Fairfield. Um, obviously, we didn't know what they were going to look like, you know, coming off of, of, of quarantine for so long and not having – 
play the game until the year 2021. Um, but they're also a great start in the MAC, um, and uh, they're going to get you know Ryder uh, this weekend in another uh, pivotal test. You know, they can get the six and zero. I mean, they would have created you know quite the the, the separation at the top of the league. Um, you know, so so we'll have to see what happens, man. But you know, I think those are that's kind of you know my analysis of kind of uh, you know what's that got to me thus far, man. How about you? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, well, I'll start with, with the with the biggest wins that I saw this weekend. Um, Colgate got a sweep over BU. I think this was the this was the most surprising result of the weekend. I mean, BU was picked to win the, the Patriot League, um, but Colgate obviously was picked second. I mean. So these are clearly the two best teams in the Patriot League, but that conversation is no more. Colgate is the best team in the Patriot League, and it's not close. I mean, they went to BU on the road and swept BU, winning the first game by seven and the second game by 40 points at BU. So, I mean, this is a team, Colgate, that was ranked um, 16th in the, in the initial net rankings. Um, it could, they, I mean, again, they, they swept. They, they beat Army by 40. Another conference opponent the first game. Then they came out and won next and lost next game by two. This weekend they go on the road to BU. They win by seven in game one, and then they win by 44 points in game two at BU. I mean, that was the most surprising result of the weekend. This is a BU team that, that you know was picked to win the league. You know. Um, Everybody kind of thought extremely highly of this BU team coming into the league. And obviously, people thought highly of Colgate as well. But, I mean, I don't think anybody thought that we would get the result that we got this weekend, which was, you know, a sweep for Colgate, but by the margin. I mean, to go into BU um, on the second game of a back-to-back, and you know as well as I know, Drew, I mean, in college basketball, it's extremely hard to beat the same team twice, nevertheless, on the road. I mean, Colgate went to BU and beat them by 40 points, man. I mean, I think Colgate is going to be an extremely tough out. I mean, they are elite offensively. They're averaging, you know, almost 88 points a game um, on the year. They, they, they have four guys that are averaging double figures. I mean, if you look at their scoring output this season, they go 101, 75, 86, and 89. So, I mean, they're they're hanging, you know, between 75 and 100 points, you know, night in, night out. Um, they're a team that is going to be extremely hard to guard, um, going forward, man. I mean, I, I don't know if, it, if there's anybody in the Patriot League um, that, that's going to gonna be able to, to take them out. Um, I mean, I was extremely surprised at, at that result. Um, also, Northeastern swept Hofstra. Um, that I mean, Hofstra was a team that we talked, that we you know spoke a lot about. Obviously, we had Coach Speedy Claxton on, on here last week um, talking about that team. I mean, they were picked to win the CAA again this year after winning last year. They uh, got swept uh, this weekend. Um, by Northeastern. The first game, they lost at home in overtime by three um, to Northwestern. Then they went to Northwestern um, two days later, and they lost at Northeastern um, in, in, in game two. So, Northeastern is looking like a team to beat in the CAA right now. Um, Hofstra, obviously, uh, I think it's going to definitely be there towards the end of the year. Um, I mean, obviously, as you know, it's hard to beat a team three times, so if they were to beat it, if they were to you know, see each other again in the CAA tournament, um, that would definitely be something to keep an eye on, but definitely um, a, a shocking result there. Um, San Diego State swept Nevada out in the Mountain West. San Diego State is a team that, you know, um, it was, was, was ranked, you know, top 25 to start the year. Obviously, they had a loss to a very good BYU team, and then they, they, uh, they lost to Colorado State as well. But to bounce back with a huge sweep over Nevada was, was huge for them. Obviously, they're one of the best teams on the West Coast. Um, so to get that sweep this weekend over a good Nevada team um, was, was huge for them to kind of get back in line. Um, and then the other thing that I want to talk about was Winthrop. Um, they got a sweep over Gardner-Webb. Uh, they are now 11-0. and 0. Um, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about, you know, Gonzaga and Baylor, um, and obviously Drake 
um, you know, is undefeated team. Michigan as well is undefeated, but Winthrop is, is 11 and 0. They're still undefeated. Um, we talked about this a lot last week, but they have they own a 16 point victory over Furman, who we all know we love. But um, Winthrop is still undefeated. They're in the Big South. Um, it's looking like it's going to be their conference to lose. Um, so we're gonna have to keep an eye on that team. That uh, I'm definitely I, I haven't gotten a chance to watch them yet. Uh, I, I peeked at a little bit of their game, but they're actually playing tonight versus Longwood on East Penn U in a nationally televised game. So definitely gonna check them out tonight, uh, 7 p.m. when they when they play Longwood. So I can go ahead and see, you know, um, just how good this this Winter team is. But you spoke about the A10 earlier, man, and I mean that is that is definitely something that is extremely puzzling. I mean, I think the A10 is in trouble, um, honestly. I mean, because you know, in a normal year, we talk about the A10, you know. On good years, you know, maybe they get three, four teams. And on bad years, it's, it's like, is it going to be a one-bid, a two-bid league? I think we're in that territory now. Um, I think I think that this is a, this is a league um, that is in danger of only having one or two teams because I think that the, the league, especially at the top of the top teams, you know, you're – we haven't even seen St. Louis play yet. I mean, St. Louis is the top 25 team yet. They're 7-1, and one, and that only lost to Minnesota, which is obviously one of the best teams in the country over in the Big Ten. I mean, they've beaten LSU. You know, they're, they're, they're a really good team. They're right in the top 25 now. And they've been on pause for a while due to COVID-19. We haven't even seen them play yet. So, but then you, and then you have this quartet at the top, St. Bonaventure, VCU, UMass, Richmond, all tied at 3-1 and one right now. UMass, I don't think, is in that top tier. I mean, they have, they have two wins over LaSalle. And then they obviously beat URI um, last night, a game that URI, quite frankly, kind of gave way at the end there. I, I had an opportunity to watch um, a little bit of that game towards the end. Um, but they haven't really played anybody yet. I mean, they, they, this is a team that lost to George Mason. Um, Mason is right now, I believe, 2-3 and three in 8-10 play. Um, UMass lost to them at home. So I don't think UMass is quite in that same, you know, t- tier at, at the top of the 8-10, even though their record says so at this moment in time. So you got St. Bonaventure, VCU, Richmond, all sitting up there at 3-1. and one. Um, I think, I mean, obviously, and then, like we said, a team like Dayton that was picked during the league, they've lost to LaSalle and Fordham. You know, so I think they've played themselves out of the at-large conversation. URI, in that same sense, URI is an extremely puzzling team. I mean, this is a team that, that has beaten, you know, St. Bonaventure. They've beaten VCU. They had non-conference wins against Seton Hall and San Francisco. Then you turn around, they have losses, you know, to UMass. You know, so I, and they, they also lost, you know, to, 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 to Davidson you know, in, in eight ten play as well. I mean, they're, they're sitting at 3-3 three and three right now. They're 6-7 and seven overall. I mean, this is the – you know, mark of an average team. I mean, they can beat you on any given night. They can lose on any given night as well. So, URI has also, in my opinion, played themselves off of that at-large bid. Um, I, I don't say, say Bottom Measure didn't have um, any, any non-conference opportunities really. They, they, they played Akron. I believe they played, they played about two non-conference games. So, they didn't really get any opportunities in the non-conference to kind of move that needle. So, I think they're going to be a team that also is not going to be in competition for at-large bid. If they don't win the A-10, I don't see them getting in the section Sunday. So, that leaves you with Richmond, uh, St. Louis, and VCU. Um, I think I think VCU is a team that's going to probably end up in that 9-10 loss category just because of the fact that the A-10 is so tough, you know, that you're going to, you're gonna you know, on any given night, you're going to lose – um, to any of those top teams, I mean the A10 right now, um, right now VCU is sitting at uh, ten and three, three and one in the A10. But you know I could easily see them losing. You know obviously they have, they still got to play St. Louis. They have to play a lot of these other teams um, in the A10. So I think by the time it's all said and done, um, VCU is probably going to end up paying themselves out of that at large conversation. So I think the, the the two the two teams I think that it comes down to is going to be Richmond. And St. Louis. I think St. Louis is, is pretty safe at this moment in time if they were if they were to lose an A10 tournament to get an at-large bid. And then Richmond, um, I think they're 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 looking a little better now because that Kentucky win is looking a little better. 
as of late, obviously they had a good start in the SEC. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that Kentucky win, which which was pretty much the biggest one of their season, isn't going to look that hot. Um, heading towards Section Sunday, if we're being completely honest. So I think the A10 this year is in danger of potentially only getting you know one, maybe two teams in. But I think that that is definitely the ceiling um, for this, for this A10 just because of how good you know the teams are at the top. I mean, they're going to be essentially be beating each other. Um, on, on a night in, night out basis. You mentioned the MAC earlier. Um, Siena is looking like Siena, man. I mean, they're they're back. I think they've separated themselves in the MAC. You know, having swept Mamet, having swept Fairfield, they're sitting at four and zero. The only undefeated team in the league right now um, is Siena. Um, Jalen Pickett's averaging eighteen and ten. Manny Camper's averaging thirteen and ten. They've got five guys in double figures. Um, I mean, it's looking like Siena is, is definitely. Um, deserving of that preseason first team selection that they got. Jalen Pickett obviously scored his thousand point of his career over the weekend. Um, he probably would have got last year uh, as a sophomore if they didn't, you know, um, if the season didn't end early. I mean, he got it three games into his into a junior campaign. So I mean, um, I think Siena right now is definitely looking like the clear cut favorites in the MAC. And then lastly for the MAC, man, I think that. Um, Manhattan is in trouble, man. I mean, they're sitting at two and four right now, and then got Niagara, obviously who was who was picked fifth in the preseason poll. Man, Niagara's currently sitting at five hundred um, in the MAC right now. They're going to Drotty Gymnasium to get a two game series this weekend against Manhattan. I think Manhattan really needs to sweep here, man. I mean, that that's that early season result when they got swept. Um, when they got swept by Maris, I think that, that really hurt them because now they're sitting at two and four. Uh, I think they really need, need to get to four and four to get, to, to get, to get back level in the MAC. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be looking at that at that series weekend with Manhattan and Niagara to see um, if the Max Yellow squad can get back on track. Yeah, man. I think, you know, obviously Manhattan's a talented bunch. You know, um, I was watching them against Quinnipiac, though. Uh, they lost the first night and then they won again. They won the, they lost the first night uh, to Quinnipiac. And I think it might have been like double overtime or something like that. Um, then they won the next night, um, but it was like a, it was like a, the game was in the 45, I want to say. I want to say it was 48, 45, Manhattan. I don't think there was any player in double figures on either side. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, it's, it's weird, man. I mean, obviously we know, uh, Ann Nelson is, uh, you know, we know what he can do. We know what he brings to the table, man. But, um, I think, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, I like I said, we know what Samir Stewart, um, is, is capable of doing. Simon Dallas has gotten off to a somewhat uh, slow start. He hasn't really um, been able to get into a rhythm like and, and perform how we've seen him perform when he was at UMass. But um, I think he's it's going to be key, man. You know, one Warriors played pretty well um, versus Quinnipiac, man. But I think they're missing like that other uh, wing, you know, front court presence. So um, I think Manhattan's really going to need, uh, you know, to to kind of find a way to get more out of Simon Diallo, man, and uh, to kind of hopefully if he can, you know, return to how he was playing, you know, last year he was at UMass. I think that would be huge for Manhattan, but um, I think that's the the the, the Jasper are definitely a team who, um, you know, are, are going to be in need of a sweep, man, to kind of get back um, in the running because you know, I, like like you said, man, you know uh, better than anybody, you know, in the MAC, um, you don't want to fall behind, man. It's you want to try to get that first round by if you can, but like, you know, it's hard in that MAC tournament trying to play on that first night and then win four games as opposed to three. You know what I'm saying? Um, you want to try to, you know, you want to try to be in that top five if you can, man. And um, I was especially this year, you know, I think this is a year where we could see a, a team that, you know, we don't really expect to be up there, you know, in that in that, in that that fifth seed, man, especially when the MAC is so close. You have a lot of teams that are right around that 500 level. Um, you have a team like Quinnipiac, man, who obviously um, got off to a late start, but 
know, you have teams like that who will come in and make some noise. Man, Marist has been pretty good to start, you know. A team like, you know, Canisius who who beat St. Peter's, you know, like you never know what, what they're going to be. So it's like you really need to be able to kind of get yourself into the, you know, at least at least middle of the pack, you know what I'm saying? Um, obviously, you know, you want the first round by, you know, but I think for Manhattan, um, they're going to need to find a way to kind of uh, kind of try to string some wins along here soon. Yeah, not for sure. I mean, I think I think 500 will definitely get you there. Um, I think you can get the 500 in the MAC. You know, no, normally that'll get you um, close to a buy. So I think you know if they can get to four and four this weekend, then they'll be you know on the right track um, toward you know getting that buy. I mean, I, I think Manhattan is definitely one of you know in, in that in that you know five to seven range. I think the four best teams if I had to say it today, I think I'll go Siena, St. Peter's, Iona, Monmouth. If I had to pick the best four teams right now, that fifth seed is going to be you're going to have Quinnipiac, you're going to have Manhattan, you're going to have Marist, you're going to have Canisius, um, all Niagara. Um, that's all in that in that mix right there for that for that fifth seed. So I mean, I think I think um, it's, it's anyone's race at this point in time. But I think you know, obviously, Quinnipiac's at five hundred. Manhattan needs to get to five hundred. They're two and four right now. But Niagara's at five hundred. Canisius is at five hundred. So that, that's why I think it's it's extremely important that Manhattan gets these two wins um, this weekend, so that they can get to five hundred and get have them and give themselves a chance to you know to be in position to to get that by man. Um, it's in this moment though that I'm realizing that we didn't even preview. Our interview, man. So I definitely want to want to tell you guys we're gonna we're we're super excited today to be joined by Darius McGee, uh, the leading scorer of the Liberty Flames. Uh, right now, he's averaging just under 15 points a game for Liberty, who's obviously one of the best mid-major teams in the country. I mean, if you watch this show, you know we love Liberty. Um, they, they're one of the best teams in the Atlantic Sun. Um, they're always one of the best mid-major teams in the country. I mean, obviously having won a game in the NCAA tournament two years ago um, over Mississippi State. Um, they are definitely uh, going to be a force again this season, having already beat, you know, SEC teams like Mississippi State. Um, they beat South Carolina. They almost beat Missouri, who is obviously a top 25 team. They played TCU. They played a great non-conference schedule. I mean, we asked Darius about, you know, all this uh, in our interview. We asked him about the non-conference schedule that they played. Um, we've asked him about, you know, what it felt to, to get that victory over Mississippi State um, in that tournament. They're having to play them again this year. Um, so without further ado, we want to get you guys over to that interview with Liberty guard Darius McGee. All righty, guys, All Facts Media here. We are joined by one of the best players on the mid-major level, Darius McGee, the guard for the Liberty Flames. So, Darius, man, th- thanks for joining us today, man. Appreciate y'all boys for having me, man. No problem at all, man. So we want to go ahead and get right into it, man. You guys are off to a, to a great start. You guys are 3-1 in the Atlantic Sun, but also, you know, had a great stretch in the non-conference, man. So talk to me about uh, your team starting. How do you think you guys are playing at the beginning of the year? Uh, to start, like, we got a couple of new guys, a lot of new faces. So, you know, everybody trying to get in sync, trying to absorb what the coach is giving to you and execute it. So I think just like right now we're in a little sweet spot right now in the season. Everybody kind of connecting and you can see it and guys are feeling it. So it just make it that much more easy. Um, now, you guys had two early, early wins um, over Mississippi State and over South Carolina uh, in the non-conference. Um, you know, you guys are a program that's kind of been on the uptrend for the last couple of years. Um, you know, obviously, getting in the NCAA tournament, having success. Um, so kind of talk about, you know, what, what those two wins uh, meant to you guys and your team to be able to kind of go and get two wins over Power 5 conference teams. Thanks. I mean, we go into every game thinking we can compete with everybody. So, But for the new faces, like I said, like to get those wins against those programs, it kind of like – Give those guys that much more confidence, that much more courage to let us know, like, if we really stick to what we what we got to do and what the coaches are telling us, like, we can beat anybody or compete with anybody in the country. So, 
Now, you got beat Mississippi State uh, your freshman year in the NCAA tournament and then had the opportunity to play them again this year and beat them again. I mean, was there any extra motivation going into that game, you know, having already played them a, a, a few years ago in the tournament? For sure. And then, like, you know, considering we beat them in the tournament, they had a couple people who, like, Lamar Peters, uh, another cat who got drafted as well. Matter of fact, they had a freshman who was at the time who got drafted in the first round this year's draft. So, like, knowing we put them out in the in March Madness and that we had to play them again early in the season, we knew they'd be coming out with a vengeance. So, we had to come juiced up, ready to meet the, the tone. Yeah. No, you guys have, have won the uh, uh, won your, your conference for the last two years. And um, obviously, you know, this year you guys are, you know, once again towards top of the league. Um, kind of talk about your team's expectations uh, going into this season um, and kind of where you think you guys stack up, you know, in the rest of the Atlantic Sun. Uh, going in it, taking it one game at a time. Like, everybody's talented. Everybody's competitive. So you just got to take it one game at a time and continue to do what you do and ultimately get back to the – the A sign championship and win it again. So, but you gotta you gotta win the regular season first. Now your team, like you said earlier, that expects to win. You guys expect to be in the tournament. Expect to beat these high major teams. I mean, you guys went out and played. I think four or five high majors. You know, obviously three SEC teams. Um, TCU was in there as well. Um, how do you think that non-conference schedule prepares you guys for the, t- the teams you're gonna face uh, in the tournament? Uh, it definitely does a great job. Like, you playing against those people who are so talented. Like, they're at Power 5 schools for a reason. So, it just shows you what you're weak at and where you got to, like, continue to grow during the season to get to that point that you want to be at come tournament time because you don't want to, you know, have things going underneath the rug and then they get exposed come tournament time and you ain't got a chance to, you know, redo things. So, you just want to get it all out early and make sure you're on the one track. <laughs> Now, man, for, for, for you personally, man, like, you know, you're, you're a guy who's developed each and every year, you know, got a little bit better and got a little bit better. And, you know, now, you know, you're a guy who's, you know, leading this Liberty team in scoring. Um, and you're definitely one of the best guards, not only in, in the Atlantic Sun, but just across mid-majors in general, man. So, kind of talk about, you know, your development and kind of um, what you bring to the table, um, you know, to, to, your, to your team. Uh, I think it goes with, like, what you said, like, taking it each year at a time. Well, every, really every day, like, just trying to take in as much, like, game as I can from whoever. Like, my vets, when I came in my freshman year, did a great job of just breaking it down to me, like, what's what, like, what I need to do like, strategically and just being smart about my work. Because, like, at this level, everybody in the gym working hard. So you just working hard and maintain. Like, you really got to be smart about what you do just to, like, put yourself in a whole, whole different, like, you know, bracket. So I think that along with, like, seeing those guys, like Caleb who just signed to the Wizards and he was playing with the Wizards, like seeing him on NBA TV, Garden, KD, Kyrie, like it gives you that confidence, that courage to really, like, soak in with these people that are around you and when they're giving to you, like, they, they're here for your best benefit. So, like, just taking that each and every day and continuing to build on it, Yeah. Now, your team is a team that is extremely balanced. I mean, nobody on your team even averages more than 27 minutes a game. I mean, you, you play the most minutes a game, and you're at about 27.8. So, I mean, you know, talk about, you know, the, the, the depth of your team and how you guys are kind of able to be able to get performances, you know, from, from, from multiple guys um, night in and night out. Man, everybody talented. Everybody's skillful, man. Everybody's bought in. Like, one through 15 or one through 16, like, everybody has the same mission. Everybody comes into practice working hard. Everybody locked in, focused. Like, there's never any worry about, is this guy ready today or none of that. Like, from minute one to minute however, like, everybody's locked in, ready to execute what we got to do. So, and then when it comes game time, whoever gets in, like, you got confidence that that guy going to rock out and he's going to do what he got to do. It's, it's no bad blood or anything, so. 
That's good, man. Now, you know, for you, man, like, I would say, you know, obviously, you know, me, me and my brother, you know, we we know who you obviously because from, from from playing pickup, you know, back in the day, man. But like, yeah. um, you know, I think on national level, you're probably somewhat underrated, man. So like, you know, tell us your story, man. Like, just you know, wh- where are you from? You know, what what brought you to Liberty and kind of how did you get to where you are today? Uh, I mean, grew up in Roxburgh, North Carolina. Like you guys know, like small city. I played for Roxburgh Community School, small school. It's a one A school. Uh, my freshman year, me and my brother started together at the one and two, so that was like unique and those were kind of my vets early on so I kind of was forced to learn from older people and play with older people coming up so then after my junior year at Roxburgh I transferred to a school called Blue Ridge in St. George, Virginia. Talented school, got all sorts of four-star players, five-star players. Uh, Amir Sams at Clemson, Sadar Calhoun at Florida State, uh, kid named Chris Rogers at Trebek. Like so many talented players who I was like it was my first time playing with other guys who were on the same level, if not another level than I was. So learning how to gel and play with them and like affect the game in multiple ways instead of scoring like I was in Roxborough kind of just like set me up for college. Cause when you come into college, it's like whatever you can do to stay on the floor and help your team win, whether that be rebounding, whether that be cutting hard, spacing appropriately, making an extra pass. Like you got to learn how to do all those things ASAP. So uh, then when I got to college, like, it was an easy decision for me to come to Liberty, for one. Like, just the, the atmosphere, the coaching staff, the players. Like, this was the only school I took an official visit to. Like, I came out. Matter of fact, I committed before my official because I just, like, I knew. I woke up one day and I called my mom. I was like, I think I want to – I know I want to go to school. And she was like, it's Liberty, isn't it? So, like, that just confirmed it for me from the jump. Like, she knew before I even told her. The coaching staff, like, he always had my best interest at heart. He always honest. Like, I ain't got to worry about him sugarcoat anything. He'll give it to me how I need it to be given. So, I mean, it was an easy decision. Now, you talk to, to people around college basketball, they always say that, you know, Coach McKay is one of the most respected um, coaches. You know, they, they always have good things to say about him. Um, what, what impact has he had, you know, on your career there at, at, at Liberty, you know, in the recruiting process? How instrumental was he in that process? And then over your three years there, you know, um, what have your relationship with him been like, you know, while you've been at Liberty? It's been great, man. It's, it's like a father figure to me now. Like, I always listen to what he has to say, and it's never just basketball. Like, it's spiritual. It's just, like, daily life. Like, he always speaking wisdom, and like I said, you know it's coming from a good place, and you know he has nothing but your best interest, so it's easy for you to, like, interpret it and soak it in and try to apply it to your own life. But the recruiting process, I played for Team Loader in North Carolina, and I was, like, in a shooting slump come, like, the gauntlet. I was, like, oh for, like, 20-something from three. So, like, you know me, I'm all in my head, like, dang, like, what's going on? You know, in the dark cloud that we sometimes get in, and he called me, he was like, I'm still rocking with you, like, da-da-da-da-da, like, I got belief in you, and then next thing you know, I come out of the shooting slump the next game, like, I may be, like, seven for nine, we get a big win. So, like, just seeing him have that belief in me before I even stepped on campus, like, that was huge. Like, you know, when you're a kid, especially playing AU, you're trying to prove yourself and, like, show colleges you belong. You're trying to just prove yourself to everybody that, like, you a hooper. And then when I got to college my freshman year, I went into a six-game shooting slump. I was 0 for 36 from three. And I was just in my head, like, my teammates, you know, like, they tell you keep shooting the rock, but at the same time, it kind of just get muted. Like, we started deflecting it off. And then he said the same thing to me, and then I came out of the shooting slump, and 
I think I had like a good game against Virginia Tech, even though we lost. Like I came out hot, and it was just like a good feeling to get that weight off my back. But having somebody believing in you like that, especially like in your low moments, is huge. Sure, sure. I mean, obviously, you know, obviously, you know, being 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 uh, players and stuff like. I can definitely speak to, you know, how important it is to have a coach that has confidence in you. You know what I'm saying? How important that is to your game, man. So, like, um, if you could describe your game, right, for people who maybe have never seen a Liberty game or maybe, you know, don't know anything about Darius McGee, like, how would you describe your game as a, as a player? Uh, a player who's going to do anything that he can to get the win. Like, I'm not a player who has to score the ball to, like, be happy with the team's success. Uh a lot of people notice how much I run around just because of our offense. And, like, I'm short. I'm small compared to everybody else, so I got to use what I got to my advantage. So, uh, shoot the ball really well. Unselfish player. Like, just looking for the, the best possible shot for the team each and every possession. And early on, defense was a weakness. But as I've gotten older, I've becoming more confident on, it, on that end of the floor, making plays on that end of the floor. So, just a player that's going to go out there and give it his all regardless of his size. Now, you guys are obviously, you know, one of the favorites um, in the Atlantic Sun, along with Lipscomb. I mean, you guys played them uh, about a week and a half or so ago, got a split. Um, I think, I think you know, the consensus is that you guys are the best two teams in the league. Obviously, Florida Gold Coast is going to be there uh, as well as they always are. But, I mean, um, what do you guys think you're going to have to do to, to be able to, you know, to, to – to, um, if you were to see Lipscomb again in March, you know, to, to make sure that you guys are, are, are going to be able to uh, get that W? I mean, you just got to take it one game at a time, man, regardless of who it is or who who we're facing on the other side. Once we get there, like, you just got to take it one game at a time and making sure that we're getting better each and every game. Like like I said earlier, you want to make sure when it comes at tournament time that you're clicking on all cylinders and everything that's been addressed throughout the season. So, like, just taking it one game at a time, continuing to grow with one another. So, man, like, I, I want to talk about this, man. Like, for the people who are listening to this podcast and you may not know, man, like, so so me and Ace had the opportunity to uh, to meet Darius back in the day, uh, back in some open open runs back in Greenbelt, man. And uh, it was crazy when I looked and I saw that you were at Liberty. I was like, yo, I remember this dude from back in the day. Like, you was yeah. – like, we would be hooping. And I, he was come out and, and throwing lives and doing like, – I thought the crazy dunks. I'm like, yo, this dude, five, six, whatever he was back then, dunking crazy, yeah. like – it was crazy, man. Like, so, like, first of all, like, what, like, how'd you end up, you know, in the DMV circle? I know you remember you said you went, to, you went to the school in Virginia, but like, what brought you to the bump? Like, you know, what I'm saying, how did that even happen? Like back then? Yeah, my cousin, man, DJ Barnett, man, we've uh, second cousins on my mom's side. So growing up, our birthdays in June. So growing up, like, it was always just me and him, like the two Hoopers in the family. So we was always together. So my mom and his sister actually went to school together. So I would come to Maryland and kick it with him for, like, maybe a week or two in the summertime. So, you know, I'm running around with him, hooping at any and everywhere. Like, I remember my first time hooping in the DMV, I was playing against uh, Donovan Tolley. So I'm like, I don't really know nobody, but I ain't really trying to do too much. And DJ was already telling me about Don and, like, how nice he was to this day, fastest guard I've ever played against. Like, super shifty, super – Got mad respect for him, bro. But that's how I ended up in that area. I was just like coming up there in the summertime, kicking it with DJ and just hooping. 
Now, on a little bit of a lighter note, man, I mean, you know, me and Drew, I remember we were, we were at Quinnipiac. We had a tournament over at Liberty, and we're sitting in the campus, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's Christian school. I heard everything is mad strict over here. Like, it's no co-ed dorms, and it's, everything is, like, real, real, real locked down over there. So I was wondering, like, what's it like being a student athlete over there? I mean, obviously, we you know, these other schools, like, you hear these crazy stories and all this stuff going on. But, like, what's it like at Liberty, man? I mean, I know y- y'all are a little bit different over there. So, like, yeah. from your perspective, man, but w- w- what is it like going there, man? It's definitely something you have to get used to, but like considering I went to Blue Ridge, which is like the all boys, all boarding school, so I had to wear like the coat and tie, clean shave and all that before I even got to college. So I already kind of had like rules and regulations to abide by. So when I got here and I knew like it won't co-ed dorms, like you got curfew by a certain time, like regardless of how you feel about it, you got to get it done. Like it it can't, you can't let stuff like that stop you from doing what you want to do. Am I going to let a curfew stopped me from chasing my dream. Like, nah. Like, it is what it is. Just like, dude, you got to be in the dorm by a certain time? Or, like, how'd that work? Yeah, you got to be in the dorm by a certain time. But that's only for people who stay on campus. Like, once you move off campus, like, you're pretty much on your own, doing your own thing. Like, I've been living off campus since my sophomore year. Or That's kind of crazy. It it clocking Uh, where you at. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, your freshman year, you get pitched to the fire. Like, you got to go through it. It's... Jeez. So, um, and I kind of on, on that same subject, man. Like, I, I do, you know, I do want to ask you, man. Like, um, it was definitely some some turmoil uh, around Liberty, like around the you know the summertime and also where a lot of football players were leaving because there was some conflicting views about whether their their personal views aligned with the school um, and things like that. Man, Liberty took a lot of heat uh, because of that. Um, you know, what was that like for you? Kind of, um, you know, from a, from a Basketball fan, perhaps you're also, uh, you know, obviously um, African American, and uh, you know during, yeah. these, during these times now, man, I mean, it's, it's it's very important that people can you know express themselves and kind of be able to um, be on the right side of you know whatever they they feel politically. Um, so for you, man, like you know, what was that time period like? Um, do you, did you feel a moment where you know you didn't really feel like um, the school really aligned with your views? Like, and, and where do you stand on that now? Uh, it was definitely like an interesting time, and it was a. I guess the time of observation, like that whole time period, even in the world, let alone just on campus, like you're just watching and you're listening to what everybody says and like depicting them where people standing. But that was like the beauty of what made me come here. I think that was the first time it was evident of like that vibe that I was getting from just the basketball program in itself. And like how I guess like I could just feel the good spirit off of them. Like, when it came that time, we as a team, like, would have, like, I guess, like, educational, like, groups or we would just, like, you know, talk about what's going on and, like, come to a decision as a team and where we stand. And, like, we actually drew up, a, like, a letter of where we stood and posted it on the ground. And, like, we also, if you watch our warm-ups, we created, like, a logo and two shirts. One shirt says created equally and then the other is a circle with, like, all different type of pigments that just show what we stand on as a program. So like, I don't think many places or universities allow, like, or will have the courage to come together as a team and make a firm stand like that, especially, like, with what was going on in the world. And, like, even to this day, it's nothing for me to go to my teammates and talk about where we stand or, like, you know, just come to a firm agreement as a unit to present to the world. So, so kind of with, with that being said, like, do you feel like, um, you know, taking that into consideration and how um, everything that trans that transpired in the summer with guys leaving the program and then, you know, 
looking back, I guess, or like you're looking forward now, do you feel like the university um, has created an uh, environment where, you know, student athletes can speak out or do you feel like they still kind of like they have a uh, ways to go and things that, that they need to work on to kind of get to a point where people actually feel comfortable, especially student athletes, because at the end of the day, we're on scholarship, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I know there's uh, this, this fear aspect sometimes too, where you feel like it's, if I say a certain thing, are they going to take my scholarship? You know, what that's going to be? Is it going to be backlash from that department or from the president of the school? For um, sure. You know, where are you stand, what are you saying on that now? Like, do you think that, that Liberty as an institution um, has done a good enough job in creating that space where you guys do feel like you guys can speak out on the things that you care about? For sure. Like, definitely credit to the university because it's not only our program as a bas- men's basketball team, but, like, the women's basketball team, the um, football team. Like, each program is pretty much, like, they've gave them the freedom to, you know, take a stance and, like, express their, like, words as their team. So, credit to the university. I think they definitely have gave us, like, a platform to voice our opinions. And how, how instrumental, you know, was your coach during that time? I mean, I know I've spoken to athletes that, that have been, you know, very, very um, high on the way to coaching, handling things. And I've, I've put the athletes where they weren't necessarily happy with how their head coach, you know, whether they, they weren't, whether they didn't support them. I've heard stories of coaches, you know, saying, oh, you can't kneel, you can't protest, you can't, you know, do this and that. And then I've heard players that I've said, oh, no, nah, my coach has been amazing. Like, you know, he was very supportive of us. I mean, how instrumental has, has your coach been uh, in, in you guys um, – to you guys throughout this whole process? Right, huge, man. Like like I said earlier, whatever decision we came to as a team, as a group, player by player, our coach was 10 times behind it. Like, and he wouldn't make a decision unless he came to us about it first and we agreed to it. So, like, credit to him, too, as well. Like, he just made it that much easier for us to, like, be okay with our feelings and be okay with our opinions and get that across. Now, you know, where everything that took place um, at the Capitol, you know, a couple years ago, man, obviously I was a trying time for, I think, athletes everywhere. And it was crazy because we were, I was actually covering the game. Um, George Mason and VCU actually played that same day, man. And they were talking about uh, how how heavy that was um, to kind of have to see that and then, you know, still play a game, things like that. Um, for you as an athlete, man, like when you were watching that and, you know, as an African-American man, you know, before that, um, you know, kind of what were the thoughts that run through your head, you know, when, 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 you, when you saw that taking place? Um, and did you guys ever have any discussions about that, like as a team or anything? Uh, we didn't really talk about it as a team. Like, we all, from our conversation beforehand, I don't think none of my teammates, like, are in an opposition of where, where I feel or other teammates on my team feel like. I think we all pretty much are in the same line. And uh, my own personal thoughts, like I ain't been able to like sit down. Today is the first day, off day we've had, and I've done a million things today, but like I ain't had a chance to really like sit down and watch everything like second for second and read everything word for word. But like we all pretty much have similar feelings to the situation. Like to me, respect goes a long way. So regardless of feelings or circumstances, like respect always me always must be uphill. Now, on a little bit of a lighter note, man, I mean, obviously Drew and I remember, you know, back in the day, all them crazy dunks you used to do, man. It's well documented, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that you are definitely a leaper, but you're also a guard. So, I mean, we used to have discussions, you know, in the locker room where it's like, all right, would you rather, you know, get a crazy body? Or would you rather, you know what I'm saying, snatch somebody, you know saying, make somebody fall? Or as a defender, would you rather get dunked on or would you rather have somebody shift you? Me as a guard, I'd rather get punched on because <laughs> if you uh... – if you if you if you shift me, 
Hey, bro, I'm going to be honest. I take my bounce very personal, side. For me, I'm going to have to go with the body. I'm already short, so it make it look worse on whoever got caught. And I can't get banged, though. I can get shifted or get crossed, but I, nah, ain't nobody about to put it on my head. I take my bounce too personal for that. So, so, so what's your go-to? Like, if you want a fast break and, 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 and you know, you listen, you in an all-star game, so you want a fast break and you got a you dunk. Like, what's your, what's your go-to you that, that, that you're going to, you know, bring out the package? Go-to in an all-star game? I'm going with a windmill off two feet. Mm-hmm. Windmill off two feet. <laughs> the regular game, I'm going two hands for safety because I if I miss, I already know what time it is. <laughs> I already know what time it is. So from one to ten, like, what's the chance that we can see the windmill in the Liberty game this year? Like, is that, is that, is that possible? Not even if y'all up 40? What if y'all up 40? That, that buzzer still going to sound. It don't matter what the score is. <laughs> I guess you can make sure you make it then. Right. Right? <laughs> I also want to get your, your opinion on this, man, because me and Drew have been going back and forth about this, you know, for, for a while, for the last – couple weeks, you know, the season started, obviously, you're, you're a North Carolina guy. The Hornets mm-hmm. obviously picked LaMelo Ball, you know what I'm saying? So, everybody been debating, you know what I'm saying? Should he be starting? I think he their best guard, personally, you know what I'm saying? Like, like Terry like that, but I think he just makes that team so much better. Drew, on the other hand, is, also, is on the side of the spectrum where it's like, oh, like, he shouldn't be starting, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Man, How do you feel about LaMelo Ball? You think Terry was getting 18 apiece last year. We can't act like they just some stouts. I feel that, though. I feel that, though. Oh, no, Melo did triple-double. Like, he coming right off the porch getting to it. Yeah, they definitely do add a different dynamic to their team and to their offense, especially that guard tandem. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them move one of them come this offseason, for real, for real, or before the trade deadline. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if he starts certain games. I wouldn't be surprised if DT starts certain games. Like DT, yeah, hey, no, bro. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't saying that Melo. I, I I recognize he's number two pick in the draft, so he's going to start at some point. You know what I'm saying? He's right. going to start eventually. All I'm saying is, right now, I feel like the two guys who are proven who have been there going to start. He develops. He as you can see, he big. He's already off a little rocket. He had a donut his first game. He's got better. That's fine. It's the first game as a pro. What do you like? Come on, bro. <laughs> That's my point, though. He's getting better as a- the season has gone on, and eventually he'll be able to take the reins and be the starter. But until that Thanks. time, bring him along slow. Let Terry and Devontae lead him, and then when he's ready, boom, he's gonna start a five. How you, bro? Man. I was gonna take us for one game for DT to get hot. It was one. When he get hot, they gonna be like, okay. <laughs> he needs exactly. it's a reason. Melo better than Devontae right now, today. He's better than him. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know about that, man. What? I, I, I gotta ask you though, man. I gotta ask you, man. So so give me give me your, your top five duels in the NBA right now, man. Give me your top five NBA top overall, five, man. man. See, I'm biased, bro. I'm biased. Like, I've been a Dane Dollar fan since he came in the league. That's the person who I study the most. So, Dane Dollar definitely my number one. Oh, what do you think? I'm going to say Dane Dollar, you know. Oh, LeBron? I ain't going to put him in order. I'm going to just say his name first just because that's my guy. Okay. Dane Dollar. Got to go, Brian. Mm. Got to go, Steph. You can't leave Steph out of there. Uh, KD. <laughs> that fifth one hard, though. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> that fifth one hard. I'm going to have to go Giannis, man. A lot of people don't give brother respect because he, he got a basic game, but 
he produced night in night out. I ain't I was, mad at that file. I, I, I ain't mad at that file. I'm not. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? The only, only, only thing I'll say is you got to throw AD in there after what he did last year. I don't like AD in the top five. I put. I like him like six, seven. Like, like I don't. AD's not better than Bron. KD. I don't got him over Steph. I don't got him over. I don't got him over Giannis. So like, how you like maybe, maybe at five? Maybe, but that's the highest I can go for him is maybe at five. Because then you got like him, Kawhi, Steph. They all right there. Like, and I'm putting Steph over him. If I had a starting five, I'd put AD at the five, bro. I can get with that. I can get with that. AD at the five. I can get with that. I don't know, okay. though, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Giannis, like, I, I, you got to respect because back-to-back MVPs, but it's a lot of dudes over him, though. I got to put, personally, I got I got to put Luka in there. Like, Luka be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's hard. To, it's a lot of guys that can take that fifth spot, though. Definitely is. Definitely is, man. Shoot, that's the last question I have for you. I don't know if there's another one that Andrew wanted to ask for you uh, or not. Nah, man, that was it, man. Definitely, um, you know, want to say thank you, you know, to you, man, for coming on and, um, you know, talking some basketball with us, man. And um, like I said, man, it, it's, it's really a pleasure, man, to see, you know, where you came from, you know, back back in the day, back in, like, 2014. You know, fast forward now, we're sitting at this at this this on this platform in 2021 and, you know, seeing you had the success, man. So definitely hats off to you, man. Um, you know, keep up the, the the great work, man. I'm sure, you know, we'll be seeing you guys, you know, playing, playing uh, long into March, you know. So best luck to you guys. Man, appreciate y'all boys for having me, man. I keep doing what y'all doing. And my boy, you got to stop that uh, right to left hezzy pull up, bro. <laughs> I've been watching it, bro. I've been watching it. I'm dead. That's your go-to, bro. You rocking to sleep. Once it touches it left, be ready for the pool, man. Oh! <laughs> you got the scout report for sure. Mm-hmm. Your boy's read the scout. Okay. Yeah, man. Sure. I'm dead. Okay. okay. Hey, y'all okay. play ECU? Yeah. Got them out of there. My boy, Jane Garner. What do you do to y'all, though? Wait, I don't yeah. know what. what I, think, I think they have like a quiet like eighteen. Like you better have some some, some quiet. We got them out of there though. You got them out of there. Okay. We got them out of there at their crib, respectfully. <laughs> okay, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> yeah, it's a new You gotta get back to your DMV, man, so we can get some bumping like old times. Facts, Back, man. Whenever this pandemic, you know, calm back down. Whenever season over, I definitely pull up. Say no Say more. more. Say no yeah. more. All right, man. Y'all boys be easy, man. Yes, sir. You yes, too, sir. man. All righty, guys. That was Darius McGee, one of the highest flyers in all of the major basketball. You guys heard alluding to it in the interview, man. I mean, I read something on Twitter. that said he has a 48-inch vertical. I mean, and I do not dispute that one bit. I mean, that dude is extremely bouncy. Um, definitely, I mean, it, I, it, Next year when he's a senior, I'd love to see him in that in that college receives all-star slam dunk contest that we see every year. Um, because he definitely could could have could have a chance to win that. So um Darius McGee's again having a career for Liberty Man. It was a lot of fun chopping it up and talking hoops with that guy, man. Uh, for sure, man. You know, they uh, they make them different down south, man. I think I think they put a little, little extra sugar in their grits, you know, when they're young. You know, get, maybe give them an extra extra bounce in their step, man. But um, nah, man, that was definitely a lot of fun, man. Reminiscing, you know, it's crazy to see how far he's come. Like I said, um, you know, in the interview, man, just from the open gyms, man. And for y'all who don't know, man, like the EDOS runs back in the day, man. A lot of dudes used to be in the gym. I mean, this one, Darius was a young kid, really. He was just, like, coming to the gym. People didn't even know who, who he was. 
back then. And obviously now we've seen we developed YouTube, man. You guys, we, I mean, we've had Anthony Cowan been in the gym, you know, Markel Fultz, you know, Stan Robinson who played at Indiana and URI, man, Lonnie Moore from Temple, man, myself, my brother, Taiwan Kenley, who, you know, played in the – played for the Wizards, James Palmer. Um, I mean, we've had the best of the best, you know, in the DMV, man, from, you know, obviously the DNYs who played at Maryland, you know, Elite 24, top top recruit back in that 2014 class. I mean, I don't even want to start – yeah, I mean, I, I don't even I don't even want to start naming guys. You know what I'm saying? Roddy Peters, um, obviously, you know, University of Maryland, top recruit. Um, I mean, the names, man, the, 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 the amount of guys that, that came through that run – um, back in the day, man, is 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 crazy, man. Obviously, like I said, uh, Marquise Reed, um, obviously played at Clemson, um, is now you know just signed over uh, in the top division in France for Euro Cup Euro Cup team, man. So shout out to Keith. Um, and we've had numerous, numerous, just you know, college basketball, just kind of guys who are at the top of, of, of mid major, low major, division two guys in the gym. I mean. Um, it's crazy, man, just to think back on that on that time, man, and 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 the gym, man, all the guys that came through Spring Hill, Lake, Rec, and uh and Greenbelt, man. And um just I think it just says a lot to the 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 talent, man, that we have in this area, man. And um, you know, looking back, man, it, it was fun to be able to say, you know, we were able to have 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 a part in that and um, you know, just to be able to continue to have these conversations, you know, with guys like Darius who um is now blossoming into one of the best, you know, mid major players in the country. Yeah, not for sure, man. Them runs was legendary, man. I mean, if, if anybody listen listen to this podcast right now, DMV had the best hoopers. We had the best open runs. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've had some elite runs. I'm sure there were other runs in DMV that were just just a stack with, with a whole other crop of players. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I, know, I remember last summer, me and you playing down at Howard, and you know with Hakeem Warg and Renzi Onowaku and Chris Wright and Austin Freeman, and I mean all these dudes to leave Zana and I take Green. Dante Green, I mean, I mean, them, them runs was serious pros, you know, and obviously this summer down there in Baltimore um, with, with Stan Kidd and Jamel Artis and, you know, I mean, I, I, like I said, like you said before, I don't even want to start naming dudes, you know what I mean? The, the bump down here is crucial, you know, D.C. area, Baltimore area, this DMV area basketball scene is really crucial, man. So for anybody listening to this, to this podcast, man, from anywhere else in the country, if you haven't hooped in the DMV, man, come down here and get you some bump, you know what I'm saying? You will not be disappointed. Um, but I will put my DMV uh, basketball up against any area of the country, anytime, any day, any place, anywhere. Um, but it is time for our favorite segment of the week, the craziest thing that we saw this week. And this segment this week is extremely special to me um, because a few of our teammates, former teammates at Quinnipiac and a few of our AU teammates have have um, relationships, uh, have connections to, to this, this uh, win that we're about to talk about. Um, Belmont Abbey a Division II school, went on the road and beat their in-town rival Charlotte um, this past weekend. They, they won 75-72. to 72. Obviously, Charlotte is one of the better teams in the uh, Conference USA. I mean, Charlotte has beaten Western Kentucky this year. Um, they, they, they had some, some impressive wins um, early on, obviously, in, in the non-conference. Um, they had a good win over uh, Davidson, which is obviously one of the best teams in the uh, in, in the A10, and Charlotte went and beat the and beat Western Kentucky, who obviously we've talked about at length on this show as well. Um, but our old former teammate uh, Nate Davis is over at Belmont Abbey, um, and they were able to go ahead and on the road and beat Charlotte um, in a, in a huge win. Our old AU teammate. Um, Daquan Abram obviously played there last year, starred there. He's now playing in Germany Pro A out of a Division II school. I mean, they, they've grown to be one of the biggest Division II powers. But for them to go on the road and be a Conference USA school, 
um, was extremely telling, man. So that was that was I definitely had to make sure I, I shouted them out for for that win. Yeah, man. Uh, I definitely think that it just says a lot about you know where we are now um, in the basketball world, man. That you know I, anybody can be anybody, man. And there's just so much talent, you know that. Oftentimes, guys get overlooked, and you have guys like Nate Davis, who, who obviously ends up at Belmont Abbey. Man, you have guys um, like Daquan Abram, who is undoubtedly um, a Division One player. You know what I'm saying? And um, obviously, um, you know those guys land at, at D2 school at Belmont Abbey, and you know they're they're able to pull off a win. So I mean, I, I can't even say um, I'm surprised, man. You know because um, those guys have a great program. You know the coach there is a great coach, man. Daquan was sending his videos in the group chat. You know he's he's uh he's on Facetime with uh, uh Luka Doncic I think was it, uh, uh Seth Curry yeah yeah well yeah sent him a video man I'm like yo what the heck it's crazy man he talking to NBA players at D two school I don't even you know what I'm saying it's crazy man so definitely shout out to those guys man um at Belmont Ivy for a great great win I also have an honorable mention honorable mention for the crazy thing I saw man um I want to shout out my guy man my brother my right hand man Peter Kiss um Peter Kiss became the first player uh, in Brian's Division One program history to record a triple-double. Um, he had 13, no, I'm sorry, 12 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, and a win over Central Connecticut State. Um, so definitely want to give a shout-out to him, man. Anytime you become the first to do anything, um, it's definitely, um, you know, noteworthy, man. So shout-out to Pete Kiss, um, the first player in Brian's Division One history to record a triple-double, man. Um, and I think that's a kind of a segue into I do want to mention Brian, man. They're 9-2. Um, I know we're going to get into some of the games that we're going to look forward to, so we're going to get you guys that. Um, so, I mean, I think it's something right that we do, you know, uh, start off with Brian, man. Obviously, they're 9-2 and two overall. Um, they've, I think, in my, in my opinion, they've kind of separated themselves from the rest of the teams in the NEC. Um, right now, they're sitting in first place, man, and they have a weekend series coming up against St. Francis. Um, they, they actually play tonight at 7 p.m. against St. Francis, PA. Um, they're also going to play the, uh, them again tomorrow. Um, St. Francis thus far is one to six, um, you know, but we know that, that they're definitely um, a team that obviously, you know, anytime you're in mid-major basketball, you know, anybody could be anybody. So, you know, the fact that they're 0-3 right now, you know, um, I am picking Bryant to get these, these, these next two wins, man. Um, I think if Bryant can get to 7-1, um, I think that they definitely, definitely, you know, separate themselves, man. I think that Jared Grosso is um, well on his way to getting Bryant to their first NCAA tournament in school history, man. So, um, you know, I think Pete actually had a, had a crazy comment after they got a win overnight. Um, he said, man, I think the thing behind all of our success, man, is that nobody really belongs here at Bryant. Like, none of these guys really belong here. Obviously, you know, we know Pete was, you know, a high major guy. I was started off as Quinn Pack, and played two years at Rutgers. Um, actually, he was definitely there for three years, played two years at Rutgers. Now he's back at Bryant. You got a guy like Charles Pride, um, Putnam Science Academy native, who was under-recruited. You know what I'm saying? He was on a, a very, very good um, Putnam Science Academy team probably got under-recruited and, and lands at Bryant. You have a kid in a Mikey Green, man, who's averaging 18 a game. And when you see this kid, you know, he's, he's small. He might not look like he's, you know, might not look, look like he's anything, man, but, you know, he's averaging 18 a game. He's only 5'11". You know, he's a small guy, a buck 50, you know, um, but he's super, super talented, man. Um, so, man, I think, I think Pete was right, man. I think, and Jared Grosso, man, I mean, he's, he's known, you know, to be, uh, a great recruiter, you know, from his time at Iona. He's always been able to get talent in the building, man. So um, I think that, you know, we have to give some credit to, you know, Bryant this year. Um, I think we have – I mean, literally, they have four guys who are after 13 or more, man. They got Mike Green at 18. You know, Pete basically at 18. Um, off the bench, 
they have a guy, Chris Childs, who's, who's averaging 15 points, basically 16 points a game off the bench. You know what I'm saying? Charles Pry, 13. So they have guys who can really fill it up, man. And um, obviously, you know, Brian's a team that gets up and down. They shoot a lot of threes. Um, so, you know, I think that that bodes well for them, you know, um, going down the line in the, in the NEC. Obviously, when you can put points on the board, you have a, a guy who can go out and get you a triple-double. Um, I mean, I think that puts you a cut above the rest, man. So um, that's one game I'm looking forward to in the NEC. You know, Brian is really good. I mean, they're 9-2, but they are within a few possessions of being 11-0. I mean, they lost on the road at Syracuse by one, and then yeah. they lost to St. Francis Brooklyn on the road by two in the game. They were up. By, I think it was like 16, 18 points, and they blew, they blew the lead. But, I mean, there are a few possessions from being 11-0. And I think the community um, recognized that they came in at number 91 in the first initial top 50 net rankings. I mean, this is, this is, this is a team that, you know, is top top 100 Division One team. Um, and I think they're trending toward they could top 75-ish, you know what I mean, I mean if, if they keep winning. Um, so, nah, Brian, Brian is definitely for real. Um, like you said, man, those, those guys can score it. Um, Jared Russell obviously, is a uh, Tim Cruz disciple, um, coach at, at Iona before getting to Brian. And, you know, those guys playing against them in the MAC uh, when Grosso was at Iona, man, those guys get up and down. And, I mean, they, they're, 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 they're talented. I mean, Pete Kiss is a high major player playing in the NEC, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, those guys are are very good. Um, I think if they can get into the tournament, I mean, we could be talking about a team that could potentially get, get some teams um, some trouble down the line. So, definitely, um, definitely like, like, like that, that Brian shout-out. Um, you mentioned, though, man, games to look forward to, man. This is going to be an action-packed weekend of college basketball, man. I mean, it starts tonight at 7 o'clock. We mentioned Winthrop earlier. They're undefeated. Make sure you guys tune in tonight. They're playing Longwood at 7 p.m. on East PNU. Um, also, tonight at 9, you're going to get San Diego State and Utah State, two of the better teams in the Mountain West. Um, I mean, those are probably two of the top, you know, two or three teams um, in the Mountain West uh, going, going head-to-head tonight at 9 p.m., um, and then tonight, we're going to have BYU and St. Mary's at 11 o'clock. So 7, 9, 11, back-to-back. If you're a hoop junkie, do not turn turn your dial up to TV tonight, man. BYU-St. Mary's at 11 o'clock tonight. Um, a huge battle I mean, in that WCC. I mean, outside of Gonzaga, um, St. Mary's and BYU are the next two best teams in that league. I see BYU beat San Diego State earlier on this year. Um, they're a very good team in St. Mary's, obviously, as well. Both of those teams are going to be in, in the discussion for at-large bids because we know – Gonzaga is winning that league, uh, you know, barring something unforeseen. But uh, BYU and St. Mary's are playing tonight at 11 p.m. Um, and then this this Friday and Saturday, we're going to have Old Dominion and Rice, two of the better teams in Conference USA, are going to square off in a weekend series Friday and Saturday. Uh, in the MAC Friday, Saturday, going to get Quinnipiac and Monmouth um, this weekend. I think that that's going to be a, a, a great uh, contest. Obviously, Quinnipiac at 1-1. One one. Uh, Monmouth's coming in at 5-3 and three in the MAC. Um, I think it's gonna be important that Quinnipiac at worst gets a split um, in that series. You don't want to you don't want to go to one and three um, and get swept by Mama. So I think Quinnipiac is gonna is gonna be looking to at least at worst get a split there um, with King Rice's squad. They've, I mean, historically we've always played great games. Um, when I was at Quinnipiac and Drew at Quinnipiac, we've always played Mama's tough. I mean, I can't remember any of those games ending in blowouts other than my, I think my freshman or sophomore year when they had Justin Robinson and them boys and they came into Quinnipiac and beat us pretty bad. Um, but like Drew, Drew mentioned earlier, VCU and Richmond playing Saturday at 1. Um, Saturday at 2, you're going to get Walford and Chattanooga, two of the better teams in the SOCON. Uh, I think those, those are probably um, two. Walford and Furman, Walford and Chattanooga, uh, along with ETSU, are probably 2, 3, and 4 in the SOCON um, after Furman. Um, and ETSU is actually going to play Furman on Saturday at 4. Um, 
And then Saturday at 8 o'clock, you're going to get Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Um, those are two of the historically two of the best teams in the WCC. They're going to play. Um, obviously, St. Mary's got a big week this week. They got BYU tonight, and then they got Gonzaga Saturday. So, um, And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the alma mater, Coppin State. It's the grandest rivalry of them all. Coppin State, Morgan State, Saturday, Sunday. You know, the Battle of Baltimore, two HBCUs, you know, located, what, three, four miles away from each other uh, in Baltimore. It's East versus West. You know, it's Coppin versus Morgan. Um, that's going to be a great game, great series this weekend, Saturday and Sunday taking place uh, in West Baltimore. Oh, no, it's at Morgan, so it's going to be in East Baltimore. Um, so I'm definitely going to have my eye on those games. going to be on online. The live stream is free, I'm told. So anybody that likes HBCU hoops, make sure you tune in to Coppin and Morgan State this weekend. Hey, man, I, mean, I can't believe you mentioned WCC and game are taking place tonight and didn't mention Gonzaga and Pepperdine. You I mean, she's, we also got Gonzaga and Pepperdine taking place tonight, 9 p.m. You know, shout out to uh, Lorenzo Romo at Pepperdine. I know Gonzaga is favored by, by a narrow 27 points tonight. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, when, I, when I was reading the games, though, I didn't really feel the need to, to highlight that one because I think, I mean, we saw Gonzaga just beat BYU by, what, like 20, 25 every night. I think BYU was a – Head and shoulders better than Pepperdine, so that game could get ugly. The spread of 27, I think I still might smash the over on that 27 if I was a betting man. All right, I mean, I'm going to give Lorenzo Romo a little bit more credit. I think Pepperdine's going to play Gonzaga under 20 points tonight. I think it's going to be a 15. Under 20? 15 point game. Now I'm going to give Lorenzo Romo 15 point game. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I think Pepperdine is going to – hey, man, it's a primetime game, man. I don't think Pepperdine is going to, you know, come on national TV like that and get, and get blown out. You know, so Everybody gonna, else, guys, I can play, have done, this, done just that. Came on that national TV and they have gotten sent back home with a fat L. Well, listen, listen, listen. I'm, I'm smashing the under, all right? If you guys listen to this, smash, smash the under, all right? Don't do that. I'm going, I'm going Pepperdine. Pepperdine will cover the spread. They're gonna, they're, 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 you know what I'm saying? They're going to be under that 27-point margin. Um, I'm just going to read something to you real quick, Drew. Um. Gonzaga, um, defeated Portland, 116-88. to 88. That's what, 16-12, 28-point victory. They defeated uh, BYU, 86-69. That's what, 17-point victory. And 17. It, 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 it wasn't that close. It, it, it ended at 17, but it really wasn't that close. 17. Gonzaga over point. San Francisco, 85-62. 23-point margin of victory. Uh, let's see. I'm not even going to read Gonzaga and Dixie State. I mean, this was a 50-point victory. Gonzaga, Northern Arizona, 30. Gonzaga, uh, Gonzaga, Virginia, 23. I mean, they're dismantling everyone. Everyone, 20 points, 40 points. Beat Iowa by 11. I think Iowa was the closest game they played. Oh, no, West Virginia was a five-point game. None of these teams are West Virginia. I mean, they are dismantling conference opponents by an average of about 20, 20 something points per game. So that's, that is exactly why Pepperdine is going to be the difference maker. I think I think in conference play, man, you're not going to breeze by everybody. You're not going to breeze by everybody. Eventually, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna encounter some resistance. So you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm for Pepperdine to kind of just give him give him some bump, you know. But um, I I want to shed a little more light, man. You know, we're talking about the rivalries, man. Coppin State, Morgan, East versus West Baltimore, man. But I'm talking about how about VCU Richmond? I mean, these schools are only about 15 minutes away. The big time rivalry uh, in the A10 um, this weekend, man, between two of the top teams. You know, they're both sitting at three and one. Um, got a dynamic guard matchup. You know, we got Jacob Gilliard and Blake Francis at Richmond, you know, against Bowens Highland. You know, two different type of guards. Bowens kind of a go get it. You know, I'm going to shoot the ball 20 times a game and I'm going to get 
25. Um, you know, I think Francis and Gilliard are guys who, um, you know, well, I will say Blake Francis does get his shots up. I will say that. When I, when I was at George Mason, he was getting his shots up. And so I will say that. But, you know, come more so in the flow of the offense. You know, um, I, I, I'm looking forward to the matchup, though. I'm looking forward to see what Richmond can do uh, against Bones High and how they're going to guard him. If they're going to throw some different buyers at him, I think. Um, and I'm also intrigued to see what VCU's defense can do to kind of slow down, you know, Francis Gilliard. Tyler Burton, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. We see doesn't really have a lot of size, so I do think Grant Golden will be able to kind of take advantage. But um, that's going to be a big-time matchup in the A-10. It's going to have serious implications um, down the line when it comes to, you know, that, that at-large seeding and when it comes to teams who, you know, who can really kind of afford to take a loss. And I think um, right now, man, I think if, if, if VCU can get this win, man, I think that they're, they're trending in the right direction, man. If they can get the 4-1 with a win of Richmond – um, I think that, you know, obviously you mentioned before, right now it's kind of like St. Louis and Richmond for those teams that can kind of get turned. But I think if BCU can get a win of Richmond, I think that'll put them in a different conversation. Um, obviously, that moved into, what, I think 11-3 and three on the season, 4-1-8-10. Um, I think people will kind of have to start taking them seriously, man. So I'm definitely going to have my eyes on that matchup in Richmond, Virginia this weekend. You know, that's definitely going to be going to be a great game to watch. Um, one thing I didn't know until recently was how how stiff that Richmond rivalry is. I mean, not even Richmond and VCU, but ODU, um, Norfolk State. I mean, those those teams over there in Richmond, I mean, they, 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 they take them rivalries, them games personally, man. I mean, I, I saw some, some banter from ODU and VCU a couple weeks ago back when they played. Um, and I, I never knew that them, them rivalries were that serious over there, man. So definitely might see some fireworks this week. Um, when VCU plays Richmond, man. So I definitely will be tuned in. Again, that game is going to take place this Saturday, 1 p.m. It's going to be on CBS Sports Network. So definitely be tuned in on the dials to that matchup, man. But that's going to do it for another episode of the Auto Bid, man. Thanks, you guys, so much for tuning in, man. Again, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, giving us a rating, um, sharing this this podcast, man. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. Share that good gospel um, about the Auto Bid, man. We are your home for all of mid-major college basketball, man. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at All Facts Media, on Instagram at All Facts Media. Um, if you want to check out our other content, it's uh, www.allfactsmediainc.com. You can find our, our written uh, content, uh, YouTube stuff, everything's on our website. Um, so make sure you guys go in and uh, check that out. And for sure, man. And also, man, for all you guys that are on Clubhouse, man, um, check out the, 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 the free game crew. Uh, that's myself, my brother, obviously, um, you know, you're all a big family here, but also with, along with two of our good friends, Rick Goings and Lenjo Kilo, man, we started giving out some free games to you guys on Clubhouse. So um, we got one dropping tonight at 9 p.m. You know, it's going to be called Lies and Recruiting. So for all you guys out there who are listening, you are know, trying to get some advice or kind of you want to really know how this recruiting game works, you know, take it from two guys who have been recruited multiple times, um, obviously, you know, been through it. Um, obviously now on the, on the outside looking in, man, we've been able to build our relationships with a lot of coaches, players. So we really know how this game works, man. So tune in tonight at 9 p.m. Um, but we're going to start probably trying to do these things um, every Thursday, man. So if you missed them on this Thursday, no worries. We try to do them on Thursdays at 9 p.m. on Clubhouse. Um, you know, and these are a little bit more, you know, informal, man. So you can just give you guys the opportunity to kind of engage with us during the conversation. We can you know, let you up on stage and you can kind of share your piece on whatever topic we have, you know, so – Check us out on Clubhouse. Um, I'm at Drew Robinson on Clubhouse, man. Um, make sure you guys tune in to those, the free game crew, every Thursday, 9 p.m. Just another way for us to, you know, engage with you guys, get some content out there, and drop some gems, man. So um, make sure you guys check us out. 
And I am at Ace Robinson on Clubhouse. So make sure you guys add the boys. Tune in to the free game crew every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Going to bring you another episode tonight. But if, if you do miss this Thursday, don't worry. We'll be back at it again next Thursday with some more topics. That's going to do it, man. We're going to let my guy pull up Tay. Take us out with some music, man. So make sure you guys are streaming his music. Um, and it's going to be all for this week. Discussion, what we talk about? Take your best shot, I'ma take your last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.